I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. So Colorado, uh, the Supreme Court there, uh, wants to toss Trump off the ballot. And now this, this it, well, this has spread for a while. There's a lot of states who've been making noises about doing it. Some tried and were squashed by their judges. California, somebody uh, woke up uh, Eleni Kunalakis, the lieutenant governor, and she stuck her beak into the issue, uh, claiming that uh, she asked the secretary of state, Shirley Weber, to remove Trump uh, from the California ballot. And uh, Bill Saley, the assemblyman, is coming on with us now uh, because he's writing his own letter to Shirley Weber saying, uh, don't do this. Bill, you there? I'm here. Two can play that game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I heard today. In fact, I got a story I'll, I'll get to later. But uh, in, in Texas, the lieutenant governor says, you know what? We ought to kick Biden off the ballot because he's allowed this huge uh, illegal alien invasion to storm into Texas, which has completely disrupted our state. So we, yeah, we this, this is this is the problem is they are making up rules as they go to meet their political means or political ends. You know, the end, the means justify the end. So. Here, what they're doing is they're taking the 14th Amendment, which was written for the Civil War when people took up arms in a war against the United States, and they're trying to correlate it to what President Trump did after the way he went about challenging the results of the election, which he attempted to do, arguably, in a legal way. And on January 6th, he was advocating that uh, that Congress object to some of the election results, which is there's a procedure for that. But they're taking that. 
and they're using it um, to get him off the ballot. Meanwhile, Congress has never set up any rules for determining how anyone would ever be declared for having committed insurrection. There's no due process. There's no procedures. There's no trial. It's never been put into effect. So this whole thing, they're just completely making it up as they go. Yeah, it's not been used since the Civil War time, correct? Correct. And Congress has not implemented it because if you read the Constitution, it says that by the means set up by Congress, which they've never set up the means and how you would ever put it to work. So this is just pure partisan nonsense. It is. And let's be honest, Lieutenant Governor, which no one's ever heard of, wants to run for governor. So this is a great way for her to get her name out. It's a political stunt, but it's extremely dangerous and reckless because when they talk about Trump being the enemy of democracy, no, they are the true threat of democracy because what they're trying to do is keep their political opponents off the ballot so people don't even have the opportunity to vote for them. Who the hell do they think they are? He had he had six million people vote for him in California. That's more voters than any other state because, I mean, he only got one third of the vote, but it's still raw numbers. It was six million. I don't understand taking away the right of six million people to vote for who they want, especially absent any charge, official charge of insurrection. This is really nuts. It's nuts. And they're pandering to the worst elements of their political base. This is the you have to look. California has gotten so crazy now. I see this with the attorney general. I see this with the superintendent of schools. They're all vying to be the wokest of the woke so they can elevate to the top of their bowl of their party. Do and they, so do you that's think the, they, this they, is what she's doing. Do you think they believe this stuff? Uh, I, don't, well, I, don't, I don't think they have principles, John. I don't think they believe in much. I think they believe in power is what I think. And whatever way they can get and accumulate power, they'll take it. But this is scary when the judges join in, because the judges are the last, especially Supreme Court justices. That's the last line of defense. You're always going to have crazy people with crazy political views and movements and wacko theories, wild lawsuits. That's going to exist as long as humanity exists. But the judges are supposed to be calm, sober, reasoned people. And they're, we have them there to say, stop, you can't do this. Well, and I'm confident the, the U.S. Supreme Court will step in and fix this because it, it can't stand. Colorado, what you have, you had all the judges. I think all seven were, were Democrat appointees. Yeah, that's diversity. And even out of that, yeah, even if, out of that, three of them still said, no, we, we shouldn't do this. So it just shows you how off the rails this is. But you're right. The last defenders of our republic right now, of our democracy, is the Supreme Court. Congress has gone nuts. Biden is nuts. The only adults in the room right now are the Supreme Court justices, and let's just hope they act, they act quickly. This is a really dangerous precedent. This is what they do in Venezuela. This is what they do in Russia. They neutralize their political opponents. They don't have fair and free elections. I know. This is what they're turning I into. Mean, if you heard Russia was trying to knock uh, the opposing candidate off the ballot and put him in jail, you wouldn't even blink. It's like, well, yeah, that's Russia. Sure. Yeah, I guess uh, that would be a good day because they didn't kill him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, the only thing, I, look, let me ask you this. What do you think happens if they actually kicked him off the ballot? People really are going to riot. All the lunatics are, are going to come out with their weapons. You really are going to have a civil war then. I, I think it's really dangerous. You know, I, I heard Bill Barr say this on CNN before the election when they were messing with the election. He, he said, you guys are all playing with fire. You are playing with fire. 
You are set. I, I agree with you, John. It is going to be a recipe for disaster. They are really going to put people over the edge. It's extremely reckless, and it's unnecessary. If you really don't like Trump that much, he's not going to win. He's not going to win California. So what are you worried about? That's what's what crazy. are they worried about? There's zero chance of win of him winning California. Biden could be dead, and he'll win. I I I so I don't understand why risk the kind of crazies that will come out and and cause a lot of violence if they were successful in keeping them off the ballot. That would that would that would just be unbelievably irresponsible. I I call it political arsonism. She's a political arsonist. The lieutenant governor is trying to get her name out. Like I said, she plans to run for governor. No one's heard of her, and now we've been talking about nothing but her for the last twenty four hours. Did so you it's been effective, I think, for her campaign. Did you but see she got she sort of messed up the letter? Yes, yes, yes that's what I was going to get into. <laughs> Talk about that. She, yeah, so she says, you know, the Constitution requires that you be 40 and not an insurrectionist. And she didn't even get that part right. I mean, you have to be 35 to run for president, not 40. Yes. And they you try have... to quickly scrub it, but uh, <laughs> too late. And you have to be a natural-born <laughs> citizen. That's the only other requirement. There's just two. There's two. I don't know if you heard this, but just today, Senator Dave Min, who got a DUI uh, earlier this year when he was drinking in Sacramento in a state car, he just said he's going to put something on the ballot to give the state the power to remove, remove Trump. So they're not <laughs> they're not going to stop with this. They're going to keep going. They tried to do this in 2020. They said, oh, if you don't submit your taxes, you're off the ballot. And the court struck that down quickly. So these guys, they just don't care about the Constitution. No, They don't it, care about democracy. It's political points. It's really anything goes. I've never seen an era like this. I, this is, there's no rules anymore. Well, this is what happens when you have a supermajority. Uh, you know, power is very corrupt. corrupt. Yeah, right. And until the voters start balancing out the legislature, and we don't need to have a Republican majority, but at least get us out of the super minority. And we can be a check on some of the uh, overreaches that are going on in Sacramento. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Bill Asaley, Assemblyman. Talk with you thanks again soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And we wish Ken the best. I've been listening to you guys since the recall days of Gray Davis. Yes. So the end yeah. of an era. Yes. Well, I mean, he's uh, sitting in his house now. So probably got a, bl <laughs> a, a blanket on his lap. And they, get, they, give him, uh, they give him a ride in his chair every once in a while. It's some jello. Yeah. All right. Well, we wish him the best. <laughs> okay. All right. See you, see you later, Bill. Thanks for coming on with us. Bill Asaley, the assemblyman. Um, yeah, here's the other story I mentioned. The Texas Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, said that Biden should be taken off the 2024 ballot. What's with the lieutenant governors? And uh, he goes, seeing what happened in Colorado makes me think, uh, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, disrupting our state for more than anyone else has done in recent history. Eh. I mean, everybody can play this game, right? What, what's caused more damage? Was it, was, uh, was it that uh, revolt on January 6th? or uh, millions and millions of people uh, storming through Texas and now invading all these cities and breaking their budgets. I, I mean, the New York mayor is beside himself. His, his uh, approval rating is at 28%. He's going to have to cut funding for the police, cut funding for um, fire, cut funding for the schools. They got one of the highest tax burdens in the country. The taxes are going to go up further with fewer police, fewer firefighters, and uh, less, less funding for the schools. Yeah, why is he at 28%? But, of course, that's left-wing, wacko, progressive New York City. 
And it turns out they've had more people leave New York City now than any other place in the country. That's all you can do now, I guess, is just get up and get out. Uh, we'll continue. Country. Why do you think that's happening? You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. The Ghoul Pool is returning for 2024. Uh, we'll start taking entries online at midnight, January 1st. And you'll have that whole week, one, one full week. And our first live show of the uh, new year is going to be January 2nd. And we'll reveal the winner of the 2023 contest. And uh, then we'll start uh, publicizing uh, your chance to vote. All right, so that's going to be on uh, January 1st, which is a Monday. And uh, you got uh, seven full days to vote. And again, uh, you pick young celebrities and they die. You get more points. You pick old celebrities and they die, you get fewer points. You know, you, if you got Norman Lear on your list this year, uh, well, you're right, but that's not much of a score. That's not going to do any good. I'm trying to think, who's the youngest celebrity that that died and people picked? Probably Aaron Carter. Yes, I think that was. That was early in the year. So uh, we'll see who the winners are, who got the most points, who went three for three. It's three celebrities you think are going to die in the calendar year 2024. Of course, any celebrity that dies during the first week is not counted because uh, some of our listeners used to cheat. Uh, you know, it's funny. It just came up uh, the other night. Uh, I was driving home the other night with uh, my son was in the car, and we noticed how dark the 405 is going over the Sepulveda Pass. And, and was like, why is it so dark? And I said, well, it's because thieves steal the copper wire that leads to the overhead lights. Have you seen how dark it is on the many of the freeways? I haven't noticed, but I know that that's what's been happening. 405, pitch black. The 10 freeway, same thing, from downtown going uh, west. And the 405 going from the valley, uh, at least, you know, to the west side. I don't know how much well, farther down. Coming from the west side to, into the valley, too, is always dark. Yeah. And, and there's, lots of, uh, there's lots of light bulbs. I mean, light poles and light bulbs. But there are no copper wires. And the uh, L.A. Times did a story on this because it's funny. When, when the freeways on the west side went dark, uh, there was no story. But when the 6th Street Bridge got unplugged on the east side, well, now this matters. Uh, the 6th Street Bridge, a large section of it, it's known as the Ribbon of Light because they have these lighted arches. Beautiful colors. Lots of people like taking photos and posting them online. Uh, it's gone dark there, too. Copper wire thieves. Now, I remember David Goldstein, who just uh, recently retired at uh, Channel 2 and 9. This story within the last few years on the copper thieves. And this is another Caltrans debacle. And you have these electrical boxes that are mounted on the ground below the lights and that's where the light cables come from and that's where you can get at the copper and for some stupid reason but again this is more stupid government employees unnamed they got uh, they got nice salaries nice pensions they don't do their jobs why have they not been able to lock up the wires and make it nearly impossible to break in and steal them surely they could if they wanted to but they've allowed just dozens and dozens of the electrical boxes to be broken into, and nobody puts up a fight anymore. And once they're broken into, they never replace the wires. 
I guess they decided, oh, this is going to happen again. They're just going to break in again. And copper <coughs> is very valuable, and uh, you can melt it uh, down and uh, make some money. Uh, that's the reason they steal catalytic converters, too. In fact, I saw a story, I think it was on, on 60 Minutes, where they, they're, they're, you know, there's just some guy in New Jersey runs a huge uh, copper melting business. He'll take your copper, doesn't ask where you got it from, although you could tell and somebody brings in a catalytic converter or, or 10 catalytic converters or uh, long strands of uh, copper wire. You know you're dealing with thieves, but you know, the guy doesn't care. And he pays out the money. Uh, so anyway, the, the Sixth Street Bridge, which I have not seen since they lit it up this way, um, and it's become a, a destination. They have 10 arches, and the city can change the colors of the light depending on the occasion. And uh, it's attracted a lot of uh, good people, families, going out on walks, according to the Times. But also, you get the goons and the gang members doing street takeovers. And then you have the whack jobs who climb the arches trying to uh, take a social media selfie. And one genius fell off, and uh, that was the end of him. Now a third of the bridge's lights uh, don't work. And uh, this is uh, a spokeswoman for the DWP, Tanya Shelton. They force open the utility boxes, and wires are now poking out of the ground. And about a third of the bridge is dark. Um, this is Kevin DeLeon's district. And he noticed the wire thefts about two weeks ago. They reported it to the Bureau of Street Lighting. And now they've done an inspection. Oh, an official inspection. Hey, hey, Al, look, it's dark. Hey, must have rip, ripped out the wires. Very good. End of inspection. Uh, they're pursuing it aggressively. We think it's a ring or a network of people going around doing this. Yeah, okay. Uh, have you caught anybody? And more importantly, if you catch them, are they going to go into prison? And even more importantly, are you going to buy new copper wires and install them in a box that can't be easily ripped out of the ground and busted open? Caltrans has refused to do the work on the freeways for years. For years, it's been dark. They just won't do it. In fact, I remember David Goldstein's report. He, they didn't even answer. He tried to contact them. Uh, no response. No return call. They don't care. It's like that story we did yesterday about the PCH in Malibu. They've, uh, they've been uh, sitting on projects for years, refusing to do them even after they got the money. There is a $34 million local project in Malibu, $34 million, we found out yesterday, to try to upgrade the safety on PCH. It has been sitting before the state agencies for seven freaking years. Seven. Since 2016, the plans were submitted. The money is allocated. What do they do all day? What does anybody do all day anymore? So we're slowly going dark all over town. Uh, this also, the, the copper thieves have, have attacked the metro rail system. They, they tear out the copper wires which power the system. So the rail cars stop. Oh, another reason to take metro, right? Not only are you risking getting stabbed, you could be trapped with a lunatic for God knows how long because the rail cars lose power once the... Uh, once the wires are ripped out. Um, they claim there's half million dollars 
that's been used to fix the lighting. Well, we'll fix it for good. Can't be that difficult. More coming up. On uh, Oh, after 3 o'clock, what are we doing? After 3 o'clock, we are going to have Stephen Camerata from uh, the Center for Immigration Studies. And his, they got a study out now. A majority of immigrant households use welfare. 59% of illegal households get welfare. I thought we're told that can't be, but it is obviously. Wow. Wow. Come here and we just give you all the money you need. That's coming up after 3 o'clock. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John Cobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4 after 4 o'clock. John Cobelt on demand. The podcast coming up after 3 o'clock. Uh, every time uh, an honest person brings up how much illegal aliens cost us, somebody says, well, they, they're not entitled to welfare. You're wrong. They, they Legally, they can't, they can't get wealth. Um, no, you're wrong. Stephen Camerata he is the lead author of a special report done by the Center for Immigration Studies. He's their director of research, and his report says 59% of illegal households uh, get welfare, and 52% of legal immigrant households get welfare. We are importing millions of poor people, and then we have to pay for them. 
No, they're just coming here to work. Okay. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I see a piece. You know, we, 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 we've tried to keep a laser focus on reality. It's very difficult. It's extremely difficult in this media culture uh, to, to keep your eye on what's in, in front of your eyes, what you can see with your eyes. Because everybody is lying to you. Everybody is trying to BS you with nonsense. And one of the things that's been excruciating for this year is the inflation rate has been crazy. And then you turn on the television and you see all these partisan lying reporters and anchors and partisan lying economists and partisan lying politicians. I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Sometimes when I get mad, I start sneezing. Oh. It's very strange. Uh, and so you get to all these guys lying and saying, well, you know, actually the inflation rate is not that bad. The inflation rate is coming down. Uh, I, I really don't understand why the public thinks the economy is so terrible. We have some statistics here. Yeah, I know you have some statistics. You all, you have a lot of you have a lot of lying statistics, misleading statistics. So you're intentionally cherry picking lying, misleading statistics. You know the game. It's I, everybody knows how the game is played, and nobody believes you anymore. And there's a guy though uh, for uh, Atlantic uh, Magazine, and I don't have his name on this. Well, anyway, uh, he's written a piece. He, he, he calls it the English muffin test. And this is what we've been talking about for months. Prices in the grocery stores have gone way up. Far more than the inflation rate you hear all the time. Because the inflation rate is made up of many, many factors. Some of which you rarely encounter. For example, it includes the rising price of housing or the rising price of rents. But none of us buy a new apartment every day or rent a new apartment every day. We're locked into our mortgage payment or our lease payment. Uh, and so that stays static for the length of the mortgage or the lease. And that, if you're buying something new compared to five years ago, yeah, it's way up. And that would signal uh, a big inflation increase. But it's the day-to-day -day stuff. Such as food in the grocery store. Do you know in the gro that groceries in 2022 went up 12%? The inflation rate wasn't 6%. It's 12% for groceries. And in a lot of categories, it's even bigger than that. So this guy was writing, and he's looking at a poll, and he said only 20% of the people think the economy has gotten better over the last year. And it's like, why is this? You know, the... the, the uh, the gross domestic product is up, you know, you know, four to five percent on an annual basis. Unemployment is at near record lows. Uh, incomes are are, are rising. Uh, they were at least for a little while. Why why are people so unhappy? And I kept saying because you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, and the prices are out of control. And even if inflation slows down, or even if it stops, you still have the same price increase staring at you. And that people have not adjusted to 2023 pricing. In their heads, they have 2019 pricing. And for this guy, he said it was it came to the English muffins. He writes, early in the pandemic, I got in the habit of making an egg and cheese sandwich for breakfast pretty much every day. I remember a six-pack of Thomas's English muffins costing about $3.50 at the time. 
Today, he went to his nearby Wegmans grocery store, and it was $5.59. He went to the Safeway. It was $5.29. And he said, an economist would tell me that I shouldn't worry about it because I changed jobs during the pandemic, and my income has risen more than enough to easily cover the extra $2 a week on English muffins. But he said, still, I can't bring myself to buy them. The price, a higher price of English muffins just feels wrong. So I settle for cheaper, inferior brands while waiting in vain for the Thomas muffins to go back under $5. Or he goes to Target. For some reason, there's still only $3.49 there. And so he was thinking, maybe this is why people are so pissed off about the economy and pissed off with Biden. It's, it's not about these arcane unemployment numbers, GDP percentages. It's that you go to the grocery store. I mean, you know, one bag of groceries, it's like 50 bucks. Have you noticed that? Oh, my God. And I just get vegetables. Gilad Edelman's the name of the author. Gilad Edelman. I'm, I'm reading him. This morning, I'm thinking, okay, good. There's two guys, me and Gilad. We both figured this out. It's going to the grocery store and seeing the prices. Vegetables went way up. Way oh, up my too. God, yeah. It's terrible. No, meat went way up. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, so I go and I buy a steak at the grocery store. I can afford to buy a steak. But after the price went way up, I just wouldn't do it. I started buying smaller steaks. Really, I did. I, I bought a steak like half the size of the one I would normally get, which is enough for me anyway. I was going to say, it's probably better for you. But the point is, is like even when you have the money, when you have a, a, a quick price increase that doesn't go back down, I guess it depends how you grew up. I mean, I grew up lower middle class and I, I see prices on things that I just can't do it. There's been a recent trend on Twitter where people will take pictures of their groceries and they're saying this is $100 worth of groceries and it's like six, seven items. Yeah, that, that's, that's how I feel. I see the price because I don't always look at the prices as I'm buying them off the rack because off the shelf because I just want to go quickly. But I get, get, to the, get to the register, I see the price and they hand me one bag. And it's like, what? That's $82 in one bag? And I didn't get anything exotic. And so that's why. And the thing is, I don't know how, you know, I, I drive around and I listen to the cable news channels and I hear all these debates and arguments about the economy. Well, Joe Biden's economy, actually, he's not getting enough credit for Bidenomics. It's like, you moron. It's about the price of the English muffins. And you're not going to change people's minds. You know, you unleashed a massive amount of a massive amount of government spending. You're giving the money away for free. So what happens if people have lots of extra money that bids up the price of ordinary goods? And it's not going back down. Have you ever heard of deflation? I don't think we we've never had a sustained period of deflation. Once prices go up, that's it. You know, the, the price of English muffins is going to be five fifty nine for the rest of our lives. It's not going to go back to three fifty. And then I hear Connors go, well, you really don't want deflation. I mean, it's like, all right, you got an answer for everything, don't you? And by the way, all those economists, none of them, none of them predicted that uh, the inflation rate was going to shoot up as high as it did. I, I didn't hear any of these geniuses predict that English muffins were going to go to 559 a six pack. None of them. 
It's amazing how many people, they have advanced degrees, they have masters, they have doctorates, they're on television, they write uh, in prestigious journals, they're quoted uh, by politicians, they're testifying at Congress, and they are full of crap. I mean, just universally full of crap. But the TV stations need guests, and the newspapers and magazines and news sites need somebody to write columns to fill their stuff. And the Congress needs witnesses. So everybody just keeps talking, 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 and they have no idea what they're saying. And they're wrong. They're always wrong. Nobody predicted this. More coming up. Uh, John Cobalt Show. You're listening to John Cobalt On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from 1 to 4, after 4, John and Ken, John Cobalt on demand. Um, okay, all right. One one mistake. That's your days. second one, actually. Is my second one? Today? Yeah, I let the other one go. You're so kind. Uh, I want to play this because um, the war in, uh, I'm going to play cut one. The war in uh, Israel has uh, faded from the news a bit, but uh, Israel has really been doing a number on flattening Hamas to the point where they're discussing publicly about maybe transitioning to a second phase. I guess that means they bombed everything they could bomb. Uh, but this is a, an interesting uh, audio, and I imagine video, uh, about what life is like. Um, because they're still firing rockets from the northern side. Is it, oh, no, they're shot from Gaza, right? Yeah. From Gaza. So these rockets are going from Gaza all the way to Tel Aviv. So uh, Hamas is still in the fight, and it's still not fun living in Israel. Listen to Trey Yinkst uh, doing a live report on all these rockets getting intercepted. His name is Ahmed Akhalut, the manager of the... Yeah, guys, so just, uh, if you'll, Brian, I'm going to interrupt you here. You can sure. hear there's sirens sounding now in Tel Aviv. So we're just going to take a little bit of cover here, and okay. uh, we can keep talking. I mean, this is just yeah. the reality of right now, and just... Just so you know, the rockets that are coming in right now, they don't have detection. They don't know where they're going. They have no clue where they're aiming look at. Look down just... to the street. People are coming off the beach right now. They're coming away from the Mediterranean Sea, trying to take cover. This is a city of more than 300,000 people. And despite the heavy air and ground campaign against Hamas and Gaza, they have maintained their ability to fire mm -hmm. on major cities like Tel Aviv. Yeah, and you see uh, the construction site of leader that was captured was on television saying that Iron Dome coming up here. Guys, did you just if you focus here, you're going to be able to see there's a, there's going to be a bunch of interceptions right overhead. Wow. Pan up to the sky here, duty. Up, up to the sky, you're going to see all of this smoke. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. This is a massive barrage toward Tel Aviv. And you're going to continue to hear these explosions overhead. Each time one of these rockets is intercepted, you have shrapnel raining down into the city below. Uh, but again, this is one of the largest rocket barrages against Tel Aviv that we have seen in, in quite some time. And you still hear those explosions. So 11 rockets in those few seconds were all flying over at the same time, all intercepted by uh, what they call the Iron Dome which is Israel's defense system. And they send up a, a missile to intercept the incoming rocket, right? That's how it works? Yeah. So that just gives you a, a little bit of life in uh, Tel Aviv still. you imagine that? After all these months, they're dealing with this day after day, night after night. 
Well, and yesterday, Israel offered a ceasefire agreement to Hamas, and Hamas denied it. Uh, well, yeah, because the, the, the Hamas leaders don't, don't care. No. No, they don't care. They, they, I mean, they, they're hiding somewhere. They left Qatar. They were living in the Four Seasons Hotel, and um, they have stolen just untold millions of dollars. And so they're on the run. They're safe. They're going to live. Their families are taken care of. They don't care if uh, the, uh, the Palestinian residents get all get slaughtered in the war. It doesn't matter to them. So, of course, they're not going to accept a ceasefire. You know, uh, there's, a, uh, there's an unusual uh, supporter of Israel, uh, John Fetterman. He's that senator in uh, Pennsylvania, the, uh, the tall guy, bald guy, six foot eight. You've seen him? And he's the one who had the stroke and uh, was making no sense, but they they elected him anyway because the alternative was Dr. Oz. That was one of the most bizarre matchups in the last election cycle. Uh, John Fetterman suffering clearly from stro from a stroke and Dr. Oz, uh, who is, was, is just nuts. And um, they expected Fetterman to be a loyal progressive. Well, he's uh, broken apart from the progressive movement because uh, he's increasingly uh, thinking they're nuts. Is he Jewish, by the way, himself? I don't know. Well, he says, when, whenever uh, I'm in a situation to be called on to take up the cause of strengthening and enhancing the security of Israel or deepening the relationship between the U.S. and Israel, I'm going to lean in. He told this to a Jewish Insider. I guess that's an online news site. And when it comes to far-left Democrats who harshly criticize Israel, I would also respectfully say I'm not really a progressive in that sense. And so they're, they're smearing him online. They've given him his own hashtag, these uh, left-wing uh, hateful activists. They call him Genocide John for his unequivocal support of Israel. He used to be a progressive star. He used to brag about his connections to Bernie Sanders. And Fetterman said, what I have found out over the last couple of years is that the right wing and now the left are both hoping I die. They are the ones who are rooting for another blood clot. They are both now wishing that I die. This is the treatment you get if you have the wrong opinion. You get bombarded with uh, social media. If you don't get uh, death, you don't get death threats, you get death wishes. He's also come out saying that the progressives are wrong in not wanting to do something at the border, which has pissed them off. He said, I don't think it's unreasonable to have a secured border. I would never put the dreamers in harm's way or support any cruelty or mass expulsion, but it's a reasonable conversation to talk about the border. So when he, when he was running, he had the full support of the progressive crowd and now he's uh, he's saying these guys are nuts. He says he doesn't he doesn't relate to the label, and he's he's tired of the purity tests. Um, now his critics uh, have called him a vegetable, um, and and that's what the right wing used to call him. They used to call him a vegetable. They used to accuse him of a radical socialist agenda, and and now. And Fetterman is going against uh, the left-wing whack jobs. But what, I, I don't know. What's unreasonable for everyone to agree on securing the border? What's unreasonable to support Israel to protect their existence? 
why is this such a vicious issue? Why are we being driven by all the lunatics in our society? I don't know why anybody reads social media. There's, there's no reason to. Well, who wants to read death threats and death smears all day long? We come back, we're going to talk about the border issue. Stephen Camarada is coming on. He's uh, the director of research for the Center of Immigration Studies. We've talked to him a lot over the years. And he's got a new study. Uh, they, uh, they analyzed uh, government welfare programs and found 59% of all illegal alien households uh, are getting some kind of welfare benefit, including 52% of legal households. That is, that is a lot of households. And that is a lot of money. And we're always told that, no, no, they come here to work and they're, they're not a burden on us and they're taxpayers and they're not getting uh, uh, welfare, the illegal uh, households. Well, well, that's not true. And uh, that's next. And we're going to have Deborah Mark now live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.